Welcome to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. On this episode, we catch up with former Magic player and former NBA All-Star Steve Francis, the franchise. Kind enough to sit down with us. Oh, we have a lot of fun reminiscing on his time in Central Florida, on his NBA career overall. What is Steve Francis up to right now, living back in Houston? And he catches up to us up to speed on family life and everything that he's involved with back in Houston, Texas. It's a lot of fun catching up with Steve-O. He was here for two years in Central Florida, got to play with Dwight as a rookie, got to play with Grant Hill and a whole host of characters here in Central Florida. A lot of fun catching up with Steve Francis on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic. This is Jonathan Isaacs. This is Mo Bamba. This is Cole Anthony. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. And this is the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, Jake Chapman are here with you. And it is my pleasure to welcome in our guest. He is Steve Francis, the franchise. Nine NBA seasons, two of them right here in Central Florida from 2004 to 2006. And he's got a great view. He's got the skyline behind him. Man, it looks like looks like life is good for you, Steve. How are you? I'm blessed, man. Thank you guys so much. Uh, just, you know, relaxing, um, checking you guys out, and then just just amazed at how you guys have been able to, you know, change your roster around and, and go young with everybody so fast. So it's, that's definitely a good testament. And you know what? Everybody's doing good. George, George is deteriorating, though. I have to. Say <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I knew that. You knew it was, it was all right in front of your face, right? You knew I was. I was in. I was in a bad way. It was more. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I knew Dwight was going to do it to you. So. <laughs> we'll Listen, you had a, you had a small hand in this. Just to let you know, you had just, <laughs> well, just a I, tiny I, piece. I, I think Grant Hill was the one that saved you, man. Grant was our dad, you know, to calm the young guys down. But, you know, I was trying to go, go, go. Grant was like, hey, guys, chill out. But I, I swear that was one of the most, um, for me, it was a, a growing up experience, seeing a younger Dwight and an older Grant and myself in my prime. So I, I got the best of both worlds during those time there. Well, then let me ask you this, Steve, because I think it's interesting. You had one of the better years of your career the first year in Orlando, right? So it seemed like things were clicking for you on the floor as well. But what a mix. You, you have a young Dwight Howard, so you're getting to see him try to make his way into the NBA. And I know we talk about it. We're, we are huge Grand Hill fans, but you just – you got to see it firsthand. If he could have been healthy, Steve, if he could have been able to get out there on like, the floor, right? So I'm like in practice, our first practice. I watched him as a kid because, you know, he grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. So, of course, I knew a lot of things about him, but – and practice this is acceleration despite his injuries. Um, I would just like uh, just imagine, you know, before he came to Orlando, if he was able to play those full seasons. Um, a lot of the names that we know now, and I know a lot of people talk in retrospect a lot, but a lot of the names we know, I think he would have shielded their shines just how much of a complete triple-double player he was. Now, Steve, you were here first year of Dwight, second year of Dwight. What did you see? Coming out, of, coming out of high school, here's this raw 18-year-old kid. What could you see from your years in the league where this guy was going to go? I knew that uh, he wanted to learn the game. I mean, not being able to get the ball from a, a heist like myself. So I wasn't going to give him the ball early <laughs> because, you know, uh, our coaches, I think, did a good job. Clifford, shouts out to Clifford Ray. Uh, he did a great job with the White trying to explain to him it's not a fast basketball game. You have to get a move before you can get the ball from guys like us. So I think that 
that humbled him coming from high school that, you know, he's playing in the NBA and uh, he was able to groom from there um, as, you know, as the season began. Is he one of the top 75 players of all time, Steve? Hell yeah. And I was so upset because, like, come on. Like, I, I respect some of those guys on there. But all defensive player, the finals, all-star games, man, like, I don't – I think that was a personal shrug against him. I've had several in my career and life, but he's so strong. I mean, I think he's showing it out on the basketball court with the Los Angeles Lakers. Don't you get frustrated when they don't – there seems to be personal things, as you're mentioning, that, that get thrown into that. If we're talking about on the floor, physical dominance during the game, who in uh, – I, I, I don't want to disrespect anyone that's on the list, same as you. I don't want to say who should come off. Oh, fine. I'll take Anthony Davis. Huh? But I but I think Dwight <laughs> – but I think – and he's a great player. He's one of the greatest too. But Dwight Howard should be on the list, Steve. I think when you dominate the NBA after Shaquille O'Neal for 10 years or yes. whatever, <laughs> I mean, what what else? Like, so um, it's sad to me uh, that, that uh, even – you know, Clay Thomas, he, he voices his opinion, but Dwight, despite all the stuff they say about him, look how humble he's taking that, you know, and I think that's lit a fire in him to get better. Um, but one thing about Dwight, I seen him trying to dribble this summer, and I just, I'm tired of that. Yeah, that hasn't gotten any better. That hasn't gotten any better at all. Not today's at all. NBA. It's today's NBA. All the Absolutely. bigs want to, they want to be, they want to be small, smalls want to be big. Absolutely. Steve, now not only now not only Dwight, you had a you had a rookie Jameer Nelson on your roster as well. Obviously, you had to take him a little bit under your wing. Talk about having Jameer in his in his infancy in the NBA. And what he said earlier, I had my best career yeah. because I was able to play my natural position with Jameer. Eventually, the coaching staff seen that I wanted to be a scorer, and Jameer just came from Saint Saint Joseph National Player of the Year. Uh, a East Coast Philadelphia guy, a little, a guy who people overlook. And I think that he surprised uh, myself um, in training camp because he, despite the hype of me being an all-star, he wanted to start and he took every practice hard. But I had to dog him just to let him know. But at the same time, he learned that the NBA, you have to come with it every single day. And I commend those two kids, man. Like, like they both came in. And they did what they said they were going to do in Orlando, um, despite not winning a championship. Yep. I was happy. Steve, they list Jameer as 6'2". Well, what is Jameer's actual height? 5'11". 5'11". 5'12 and a half. <laughs> no, you're giving him 5'12". I was going to say 5'9". Right. I was going to go down to 5'9". 5'9". Yeah, I was going to yeah. go a little lower than that. Okay. That's see, I'm 5'11", and I remember interviewing Jameer like this with her holding the mic down. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about that. Steve, could you Jameer is one of our all-time favorites. Could you can you tell even when a when a guy is that young that he's going to be a great team leader eventually? Or was he already when he came in? And is that something that develops, or are some people just born leaders? He was born in Chester, Pennsylvania. That should say a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I went to Philadelphia his rookie year. I went straight to his home. I wanted to see what made him tick and what made him become that leader because I I've been through those type, those type of things. So it quickly bonded with a young Jameer just because I knew some of the things that he had in his upbringing and he 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 showed that in college um, that he was a leader so he he was already grown to be a leader and you know once they got me up out of there I knew that it was time for him um, to take over and I wasn't upset at all I wasn't at all 
You know, Steve, you had an incredible, and George, you'll remember this too. You had a great start to your magic career. I think you had a game winner on opening night. You had two you had game multiple, winners. Like you had multiple back -to -back game games. winners. Yeah, the first week. I mean, that what a way to start. You introduced yourself to the magic fan base, right? It was, it, to me, um, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Uh, you know, I was, and of course, I can admit it now, in hindsight, I was bitter from leaving my home in Houston. Of course, everybody sure. knew that. Uh the guy that whoever the GM was at the time, I forgot the guy's name. I don't want to talk about it. But when when uh when that happened, man, I was just like, you know, that's that that was the for me being upset from leaving Houston, it was like, all right, your career's gonna be this much better here in Orlando, you're more relaxed. And uh and we were able to play good basketball. So um the arena was, uh, I mean, the ladies with the hats, like, I love those ladies. I forgot their names. They used to always give me fruit and letters of encouragement every They're single day. They're still here. They're still here. Yeah. I, <laughs> when I came a couple years ago, I seen them there. I, I went over to say hello. Now, let's talk about some of the things. Our roster, the two years you were here, Steve, was, it had just a, it's a crazy cast of characters. I mean, we had you. Catino, Jameer and Dwight Young. You had Grant Hill kind of on the other end of the spectrum. We had Deshaun Stevenson. Uh, I Was Stacey Altman here when you were wanted here? I mean, to we, be had called. A, we had a mix of characters. I don't know how else to say it, but we had a, we had a wide array of personalities. And don't forget guys. the general. Don't forget Pat Garrity, man. Like, no, hey, Pat guys. Garrity, that's right. Hey, guys. Hey, Steve. Dribbling. Hey, Steve. I'm like, Pat. But... Um, it, I mean, for a young, like I said, I think for those two young guys, Jameer, and even he do, I think for those guys, those two guys to see, like you said, those wide variety of uh, personalities, Grant Hill, an Olympian all-star, myself coming from, they seen some of the best in the NBA early. So I hope that they can say that they took some of those things with them into their games upon preparation. Uh, Dwight. His rookie year, you know, he had to bring me all the gummy bears that were all red. But, you know, uh, <laughs> he learned. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but, That's uh, great. And I just, man, I, I swear Orlando was definitely great. And, and basketball was definitely fun at that time. So one of my favorite stories, this is what I was holding kind of in the bank. And it's, it's probably more funny to me than it's going to be to you because it's probably way low on the totem pole. But I don't know if you remember, we stayed in a hotel in Portland. Uh, I believe we actually still stay there, Dante. I think it's the nines Ooh, where the, nines. the thing, the things in the room, you walk in, it's kind of, it's just a little odd. Like there's a chair shaped like a hand and there's, a, you know, the colors are like teal and purple and it's just, it's, it's, yep. it's eclectic, right? It's an eclectic hotel. And in the closet were these robes, right? We had these robes that they were. Uh, Steve, do you remember the robes? I remember. I, I remember that hotel. It was like a fireplace to the when you walk in, right? Right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the in the hotel in the, in your closet, you had a robe, but they weren't just normal robes. They were like tiger prints and leopard <laughs> prints, and they were purple and teal. And I remember we had a team meeting in the morning. I think we had a meeting before shoot around. And I was down there and normally I'm not down there for the meetings. This today, I had that day I happened to be down there and I walk in and I see, uh, and I see somebody walk down in, in their, you know, their bare purple tiger robe. And then I see another guy come in and then I see you walk in, you got your purple 
but I, I'm saying, what is who is organized this? And not every guy came down in the in the damn robe. <laughs> it was the funniest <laughs> thing I had ever seen. I just I didn't know what the I just had rainy. It had to be one of those rainy five day trips over there, something like that. Cause yes, I think yeah, it had to be because I know we stayed in that hotel for a couple of days where we the went boredom, to boredom, I think, set in at that point. When you're stuck inside, it's raining, it's <laughs> yeah. Not, and I, yeah, you can't hear, uh, you can't see too many pictures of Bill Walton too much, man. <laughs> right. I mean, that's one of my favorite things is watching you guys all parade down in these in these robes. Like I said, it was gonna. It's funnier for me than it is for you. I, I get it. I, I get it. It was a good one for me. Steve, what's give us? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Give give us one of your give us one of your favorite uh, Dwight stories. I know that I love the red gummy bears. What what's some of your maybe your favorite memories or a funny story? with Dwight that Magic fans may not have heard yet. Um, Keep in mind, kids I, I listen think to this. this is, I, think, I think this story is the best to me and everybody in the team. Um, shouts out to Mrs. DeVos. Yep. Um, when I first came to Orlando, I was Steve Franchise or whatever, whatever. And I was just like down on myself and down on everybody. And, uh, Excuse me, my phone is ringing, of course. And Mr. DeVos, Mr. DeVos before the first game, so I didn't know nothing about the tradition of the magic or who, whatever, everything was. So Mr. DeVos comes in. And I'm thinking if it's the owner of the team, he's going to look at me like, this is the guy we got or whatever. Like, you know, this is the guy that was upset. This man just comes to me and says, welcome. And just the way that he talked, like, I can repeat the way Mr. DeVos talked. And so, after he left, I recited everything that Mr. DeVos said, and everybody was passed out, the coaches and everything. But Dwight does it now. Um, but the funniest story about Dwight, Stacy Augman, um, you know, uh, he had to start a couple games for Casino. <laughs> And, you know, State's not a really good offensive player and all of that. And, you know, State's warming up, warming up, warming up. And I guess he missed the shot or something, and Dwight bust out laughing. And when Stacey came off the sideline, Dwight was so quiet, and we were dying laughing. You already know what it was about. <laughs> when it comes to Stacey, George, you know, if Ice is talking, we're going to get quiet for a while. Now. That's right. <laughs> He is added to this. The ice is added to this. That, that, that's what this is now because of him. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, oh, Dwight. And I was like, well, welcome to the NBA, man. But I was like, well, I think I think the, the funny games are over with now. He was afraid of him? He was afraid of the – he was afraid of Stacey? <laughs> no, nah, no, he wasn't. I was. <laughs> wasn't. That's what I'm saying. But like I said, we – I had a great, um, a great experience there. Um, my kid, my daughter was born there, so it was a good experience for me. Steve, how tough was it? Because you were, you, you were, you were coming on the scene in Houston. You're co-rookie of the year, three-time All-Star. I mean, you said you said you said how difficult it was to leave there. You must have felt like you were going to be a part of what Houston was doing for quite some time. You you had established yourself in Houston. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, uh, in, in in hindsight, how the NBA is now. I never thought I could get traded. I, I was so, yeah. so interested in basketball, which is nothing wrong that I was so caught up in the game that, hey, I'm a live and die for this team. But the game of basketball, as we know, is, you know, who's hot, who's not. So 
um, after I bit that bullet of, you know, this is where I'm going to be, this is where I was going to play. So I was able to focus on basketball in Orlando. And if you notice in my nine years, there was never a complete system that I ran. You could count as many coaches in nine years that I played. So if anybody want to say, what's up with Steve Francis' career, I played in a new system everywhere I went. Houston, I had Rudy for four years. Then I went from Jeff to Johnny Davis to Chris Jen to Brian Hill to Larry Brown to Isaiah Thomas to Rick wow. Adelman. So, and I still did my thing. So all that other stuff that people are discussing, it's out the window to me because I know what I bring to the table. I'm not sure what happened. Did it go off? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Steve, your college career Absolutely. was unorthodox as well, though. You, do you ever think about what would have happened if you if you landed in one spot for three, four years in college, or if you spent a majority of your of your career with one coach? I mean, it's it's. I, I realize it's the way the league is, but um, but that can really sort of slow down your growth when when you're changing coaches and changing cities all. Just the time. some stability, life stability. Nobody, nobody ever talks about that in my career. Huh. You know. Nobody, nobody said, oh, he played for 11 coaches. Like, who's going to be steady with that? So I guess that's something that I brought up that nobody ever really looked at. But I tried to adjust my game to every – as a point guard, every coach has a different system. And you have guys who have right. different needs to get the ball. And if it changes every year, I mean, people are going to say things about your game. So it wasn't that I got traded a lot. It was just so many systems that was there. And I just got – I really got I, they can say whatever they want about why I stopped. I just got tired of it. Like hmm. yeah, I'm I'm a respectable guy the way that I play basketball. If I if that's what y'all think and I get back to Houston, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna just say, hey guys, I'm gone. You can say he did this to get out the league. Nah, he got tired of the bullshit. I hear you. No, no, first how time, much do you first you know, time saying that? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's a well, that's a that's great insight, Steve. And it has to be Absolutely. to take a toll to be in the NBA and to just to walk away from you know I you you say people look at it that way and I and I bet there's you know you're going to hear things forever. But Steve, Absolutely. I look at I look at what you overcame even to get to the NBA, even to get to college. I I think is if it is absolutely remarkable all the things that you overcame just to even have an NBA career at all. Do you look at that? Do you, do, how much pride do you take in that and the fact that, that you got out, you made it, Steve? When I was 22, it was a big thing. At 44 now, it's normal. So I guess I could say I'm a pioneer of things like that to where, um, like I said, I can relate. Jameer didn't have to go through six schools, but at the same time, <clears throat> the, the before you walk out the house aspect for you know African-American kids is very tough. But nowadays, it's sweet as cotton candy to walk out your house. <laughs> Whoever thought you'd say that, right? I mean, <laughs> oh no! Really? I mean, as far as as far as the poverty levels, as far as the awareness, as far as social media talking to you like yeah. this, sure, sure, you have sure. more access in the hood than you did when we were growing up. In the hood, you might got a phone in your house. Somebody might got a telephone. You know, somebody might got a telephone. My phone when I start ringing, but. That you're a popular guy, man. Like, but tell everybody, guy. tell everybody what you're doing now because we know you're busy. I'm a full time dad. Move. I'm a full time dad. My daughter's 16. Uh, Shaylin Francis. My son is Stephen Francis, who's probably one of the hottest baseball products in Houston, Texas, right now. Um, he, he plays bat. He plays basketball in his spare time with Moochie Norris. But myself, uh, I do real estate now um, in Houston. Uh, my foundation. 
Um, we're on the verge of building two more uh, two more schools in Houston with uh, Baker Ripley uh, in D.C., the same place that I grew up, just making everything a better place. Um, and I own a basketball team, a TBL basketball team, the Houston Push. So, uh, See, if, little, we owned, if, if we owned a basketball team, that'd be the first thing we mentioned. That's like eighth on the list because he's got so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was going to say, Ah, just, no big deal. I just own a basketball team. Like my son, like my son plays baseball. That's just something that comes with our aura. You know, I'm not, I, um, he loves basketball, but I swear I didn't want to put him on the court because I had to play basketball to get out the hood, you know? Yeah. So he doesn't have to play a sport to do anything that he wants to do in this world. And that's what I'm happy about. They don't have to do any sports to do what they want to do, but it's always good to see my son on a baseball field where I can just, be the oddball at a sports game with my neighbors telling me what the hell is going on. So it's a <laughs> way know, to Are you no, the wait, dad? Paint, are you paint the, the picture. Dad? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, are you the dad that's sitting there and, and, and just being quiet or, or, I'm, or, or I'm are the you one. not? So now, so now you got the moms that sit under in the dugout and I mean, on the, uh, in the bleachers. So I'm one of the cool guys. I get to sit on the, uh, you know, on the fence with the dads, you know, the dads that come out of the sun, Saturday and Sundays with the coolers. So I'm nice. one of those guys. I'm not Steve Francis out there. I'm just Steve's dad. Maybe nice. smoke a little cigar. So are we talking about Astros? Uh, Astros fan? Absolutely. Actually, my son plays in the Roger Clemens League, uh, the Houston no Astro way. Big League. Yeah, it's right. Cool. Well, we were fortunate enough to live in that neighborhood. I know one of you guys came to my house when we came to, from Orlando, but in that neighborhood, they have one of the top baseball programs, uh, uh, <clears throat> the Little League over there. So. Well, then give us your thoughts on the Astros, because obviously they went through their stuff a couple of years ago. Right. But they're no, they didn't. Hold no, on. They yeah. Didn't. Keep in yes, mind, he's, you're talking to a Red Sox fan now. Yes, Keep in mind. Look at that. Look at that. Or, or, or a Flake Gate fan in the back. So. <laughs> uh, hey, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter how much air is in the A football. win is can, a win. He can sling that thing. He can sling that thing. I'm but I, what do you think about the? I mean, you can give us a perspective. It's easy for us outside of Houston to to come down on them. You're living there. You, you got to see it. Well, what's your angle on the Astros and, and what do you think about what happened? Keep in mind when he says us, he means him. <laughs> on the Astros. <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I, I just think um, everybody's head got too big. You know, uh, some people get greedy for, for glory back then. Um, I'm glad that they reprimanded everybody that was involved in that situation, but I think just like you guys are doing, they rebuild and y'all didn't have a scandal or nothing like that, but they had to build over with zero and it comes from your skipper. I think Dusty Baker has done a great job. Um, I love the name Dusty because I call <laughs> people that, but I think he's done a great job for <laughs> I used to call this one guy that I told that, but yeah, I think he's done a great job. Okay. What is what does someone have to do? What does someone have to do to earn a nickname, Dusty? Like uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, he knows. This. <laughs> Put two and two together. Got an idea. You guys realize it was twenty years ago that Dusty Baker's son he was managing in the in the World Series with the Giants. Twenty years ago that JT Snow picked up Dusty Baker's son in that world series that was in 2020 years ago. And his son is now a, a minor league player. He's in the national system. You talk about wow. time flying. That was 20 years ago. That 20 years ago. Does your wow. son want to play? Does he want to, does he want to go to college and play? Does he have a chance to, to further his baseball career? Well, if you, if you're familiar with baseball, Rice University is 
probably one yeah. of the top schools. Yeah. So he can walk to Rice or he can drive to Austin in a couple hours. So definitely have those teams on his radar, uh, those schools. Right. So uh, whatever he decides, man, um, he hangs with his guys, man. He walks like a baseball player. I walk like a ball player. He walks like <laughs> – he walks like – he wears his caps like this, and I'm like <laughs> – He's a baseball. You know the base. Y'all have y'all know what baseball players act like. They're weird. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So my son is not a basketball player. Walk at. So he's. I mean, I'm honest, but he's like always honest. I'm like Steven. Spit in your hand or something. He's more honest than you. You're a pretty honest guy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty straight. Pretty straight shooter. Pretty straight shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, but. I really enjoy it, man. Um, like I said, I, I thank you guys for last year. I, when I came to the playoffs when you guys, the year before, y'all were in the playoffs. Uh, brought back memories for me. Um, the last time I was there was at the white celebrity game he had. And uh, I think I scored two points. That's probably the last duck I had, man. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know, Steve, I think it's interesting. You've already mentioned all these guys, and we haven't even gotten into Yao Ming and, and all the guys that you played with in Houston, but – uh, you, you talked to Quentin Richardson, who does the telecast with us. You've got a great rapport with him. You had a great connection with all your teammates. What, 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 what do you attribute that to? You, you always had a way to connect with everybody. Uh, being a point guard, um, you want to be the leader. You want to try to make everybody happy. And it's not fake. It's not a facade. You know, you got to be your same 24 hours. Um, and it just came natural, like you said about Jameer, um, the same way. So, those guys are brothers to me. Like um, throughout my career, you know, we had our ups and downs as far as what we thought about our careers. Everybody thought they should average 20 and 10 or mm-hmm. I should have did this or that. But, you know, just to look back on it in retrospect and just be cool is always great. How much do you like the game now? Do you watch a lot? Not really. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm busy. Um, the Rockets I've been watching a little bit. Um but I was saying earlier, man, um, a lot of the younger guards, man, are starting to are starting to evolve as far as one-on-one game. Um, so you know I'm loving that. So when I'm seeing somebody go one-on-one, I'm just like, Jeff, what's up, man? Gundy, what's up, Clay Boy? What's up? Like, what's up, Jeff? You all right? Look. They look good. Terrible. You were a little it's early, good. weren't you? Yeah, I think about but, you. I think about Baron Davis, Steph. I mean, so you guys were about 15 years early. You guys would be lighting the league up now. And, and you did then, too, but it's just the game has changed. How many would you average, Steve, if, the, if it, it was yeah. today's game? Probably the same. I would still pass. You know, it, it would yeah. just, I just have more bodies on the floor. That's it. I was just That's crossing it. more. <laughs> That's that would true. be it. I would still average 20 and, 20 and 7, 8, 4, 3. But I think the freedom of running the offense would have been easier without having to look over the bench all the time. Yeah. Yep. You know, but not, not only that, but they couldn't touch you now. They can't put hands on you now. Yep. Yeah. That's a yep, different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so they were trying it when we were playing, but now it's completely like that, uh, similar to the college rules. But um, yep. That's great. Well, it's interesting, man. I tell you what, it's it's been a lot of fun catching up with you, and I know that uh, I know that you're going to have a lot of fun watching your kids play, and I know you're going to be back in town. You're just right down the road, so next time you come to Orlando, you got to give us a shout. We'd love to have you back in the building. I appreciate it. Thanks. Y'all tell Joe Glass to say what's up, man, if I ever find him. I don't know if he works anymore. <laughs> yeah. He didn't work back then, so. I was just going to say, just as much as he I did then. Wondering. I just see his name in the uh, fine print. I just see Joe Glass and, uh, you know, but hey, guys, I really appreciate y'all. Thanks for making a mark on my life, man, for real. Appreciate it. 
Well, I appreciate it. We hope to see you soon, Steve. Keep up the good work. We're happy for you, and uh, we hope to see you here soon, okay? All right, thanks.